profit. The Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Last night I tried some raw oysters. I want all my picks back and I want David goddamn Putney just because I feel like it. You're out of your mind. I am Dre Fogue and I'm the transfer. Coach, show them just in case they don't like your jacket. Can you go buy another one, Coach, if you need one? Hold on. We'll get it. Errant oh. <laughs> Rogers, E-R-R-A-N-T Rogers. Let's get it rolling. Back Judge Podcast, Week 11 Preview. We're recording on a Tuesday. Thank you, boys. Episode zero. A little late night recording, Sash. Yeah, a little late night recording. Before we get into this Week 11, just a few housekeeping items. I'll throw it to Dolan, who wishes to say a few things about the state of our franchise, the Detroit Lions. I mean, yeah, actually, like, the less said about our franchise, obviously, the better. But I just have something that I need to get off my chest. And that's uh, before I was a football fan, before I was an NFL fan, I was a Lions fan. And I just loved watching the Lions games more than everything. Ever since I was born, I didn't care about any other teams. Even when we were going 2-14 and 14 with Jim Schwartz, that Redskins win and that Browns win were my highlights of the year. I didn't care about any Donovan other Donovan McNabb can't come into fourth field. No, what he absolutely wants. not. No. And then – even since then, it's just been the Lions. As soon as the Lions game starts, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m., that's the only game I'm watching. I'm not even switching to red zone. And this year, when I watch Lions games, all I can think about is, holy shit, I would rather watch any team in the league other than this team. There are so many teams going off right now. The Los Angeles Rams. The um, I mean, hell, I'll take Tommy Cowboys over the Lions. The Browns over the Lions. Whenever I watch the Lions, I want to watch Mahomes sling the ball all over the field. I want to watch Alvin Kamara get four touchdowns in the first quarter. And when we're watching the Lions, the only guys I can get excited about are like Carrion Johnson will get like 14 carries for 50 yards and everyone laud him as the next Barry Sanders. And Kenny Galladay, who just had like his first multi-catch game since week four. Those are the only guys I can get excited about on this team right now. And I know I'm venting a little bit and I go up and down with the team, but it's been tough these past couple weeks. There's definitely a sense that even under Caldwell, you always felt like they were at least in the game. Yeah. And and all the games, it seems that the Lions have lost this year, the Jets, 49ers, the Bears this past week, the Seahawks game, uh, you know, all these games, the Cowboys game, they came back and then blew it in the end. But just all these games that the Lions have lost, it's just like the air is out of them almost by halftime. And I completely like, agree, and I feel like there's just like a general feeling when the team goes out on the field and they go down one score that you just know that the game's over, especially in those games brought up. And the two wins that were – we've had three wins, but the Packers and the Patriots wins, those are almost unexplainable other than Mason Crosby. But those were flukes. Um, yeah, it's definitely frustrating to watch. Well, I was just going to say as kind of a uh, – as an intrigued outsider, I just – what do you guys think is the biggest problem with the Lions right now? Like, obviously, I mean, you think – we all kind of, we all have kind of assumed that Stafford is an elite quarterback or at least a fringe elite quarterback where you know that he's one of the better guys in the NFL. And that should in – the, in the last couple of years, at least they were competitive in their offense. I mean, he was stat padford for a reason. Like, everyone was calling yeah. that because they, he, they were putting up insane numbers and they were in games and they were competing and they were come back in the fourth quarter. And now their offense just kind of seems deflated. Um, do you think it's just getting old under Cooter, or what do you guys think? Honestly, I'm going to take the easy way out that a lot of people say, and I'm going to have to just blame it on Cooter because I've had enough of the third and seven play calls where we throw the ball not even behind the first down line. We throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage on third down. And it's just a lot of play calls that don't make any sense. And when Carrion's got the hot hands, he'll only, only end up getting 12 carries a game where LeGarrette will get six carries for about negative nine yards. It's just little personnel decisions that I don't really understand. And I think that when a team is in a crappy situation like the Lions are, just some change needs to be made. And changing special teams coordinators ain't it. So get JBC out of here. Wow. Yeah, I also think another issue is, I agree with that, Dolan, that Cooter, I mean, we've heard it for the past three years, and it's kind of like up or down with Cooter and his game plans kind of get figured out by the other team. I mean, that's been a running theme for two seasons that teams have come out after games and said that they knew what the Lions were going to do. Um, 
And, and I also think it falls on Stafford a little bit, too, because this is kind of Stafford's hand-picked guy, almost, that he was vouching for with Patricia. And I think we have to kind of accept the fact that Stafford isn't at the level of dudes like Breeze, Rivers, Brady, Rogers, Russell Wilson. Like, he's at a step below that he, he needs help to, to win. And as much as I hate to say it, like, he has been a good amount of the reason that the Lions' offense hasn't been as well this year, or done as well. He, he's gone back to his old ways of just uncharacter, or not uncharacteristic, but just unforced turnovers. Against I mean, the Jets game was a disaster. You had that ridiculous pitch to carry on Johnson against the Vikings. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just been some really atrocious Matthew Stafford turnovers from the you know the 2013 days when it was Scott Linehan throwing the ball around the yard a million times a game, and. Uh, that, so that's been an issue. And the other issue I find is that a lot of um, Bob Quinn's, you know, mid to, mid to even late round picks, like none of them are main contributors. Dudes like Miles Killebrew um, or, or Michael Roberts, these are dudes that have been on the team for two years now and aren't really guys that, that do anything other than special teams. I mean, dudes like Ashawn Robinson, second round pick, I mean, he's a great run stuffing defensive tackle, but that's about all he is at this point. I mean, Keith Haber is a disaster. I mean, that's an absolute disaster. I mean, and that was the guy that Quinn was like, I watched more uh, draft tape on, on this prospect than I have any other prospect in my time as a talent evaluator. I mean, and here he is on the team sucking. So, like, but does Bob Quinn not realize that you don't have to just defend the run? I mean, yeah. he's taking all these run stoppers, he took two run a run stopping corner and a run stopping linebacker. Both from the same defense that, like the previous year, they allowed Michigan forty-two points in their bowl game. Yeah, and Jared Davis isn't very good. He's just like he is what he is. He's not a first-round talent. Uh, it's just been frustrating. It's just frustrating too to watch like other guys that you see in the league, like dudes like Tre'Davious White and dudes like um, you know Zach Cunningham. You know that just or a Darius Leonard even in, in Indy, like just like mid late round who picks is, at the same positions that the Lions have passed on and, and they're not, you know, I don't know. So I, I feel like we've, we've dragged on too yeah, much about the Lions here. Yeah. We should, we should move on. Thing we say about them. And uh, actually I'll say one more thing about this. Who is making the odds in Vegas and why are the Lions only plus four? Like who, why, <laughs> why this is six and three team versus a three and six team. I think people still are giving us more credit than we deserve, and that's not saying anything because everyone thinks we suck. Tommy, before we uh, start, do you want to shut us of our conceptual penises? <laughs> no, I need to, I need to work on uh, I need to work on my thesis a little bit more, and I'll bring, okay. I'll bring that forward to the podcast in uh, a couple months. It's my it's my it's my underground thesis. It's now revealed. Uh, I'm oh, working on my wow. thesis, the conceptual penis. Uh, yeah, this is January 2021. All right, we're looking forward to it. We'll, we'll, see, we'll keep you posted. Not only are we a football podcast, but we're trying to uh, you know influence you socially as well. So uh, you know, yeah. just on all fronts. But why don't we start out with this this nice little Thursday night package, baby? Mm-hmm. Packers Seahawks back to back weeks where the Thursday night game is pretty pretty saucy. It would be a little bit saucier if the Seahawks were able to pull out a win in uh, L.A. last week, but uh, it was a valiant effort by by this team. Um, and now this game is in uh, Century Link. The Packers haven't really beaten their opponents that are "quote unquote" better than them this year, so this is by no means an easy task for them. And I mean, the they pretty much controlled that Dolphins game last week, but they it was close for a good amount of time before Brock Osweiler kind of exploded um, or imploded. But um, I mean, what do you guys think of this one? I'm, I'm I tend to be leaning towards Seattle here. Yeah, uh, I I'm taking the Packers. I. And I, in all of my, my brain kind of says the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are a better team. They have, they have home field advantage. Russell Wilson, if anyone's going to be on par with Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson is definitely someone that you can make a case for in terms of going to pound for pound, uh, drive to drive with the Packers offense. Um, but I just think the, I just, I like the, I'm just going to, my cognitive bias with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and everything that I've cooked them up to be um, in the past, you know, couple years, I'm just going to kind of go with the Packers. Uh, and trust them to get a win. I've gotten burned a lot going with road teams on Thursday night, as you know, Clef. So this yeah. is a, kind of a vulnerable position for me, but I think this is just such a pivotal game for the Packers, and they've lost so many. Like the with, Between the Patriots and Rams games, those were too big on the Packers' shoulders for them to lose another big game at this point, and I think this is kind of their season. I agree with you guys in that this is a, a game that I'm very excited for. 
And I've had a really hard time figuring out the Seahawks this year. Um, because looking at their schedule, they've really beaten up on – well, I can't call the Cardinals bad. I was about to say that they beat bad teams <laughs> like the Cardinals. They had a tight win over a good team, the Arizona Cardinals, but beating up on other bad teams like the Raiders and Lions earlier this year. But at, they're at a middle point, four and five in their schedule. But if you look at their losses, they had two games against the Rams that they easily could have won, especially this past week. And um, starting off with the season, their rush game was pathetic. I always hated the uh, Seattle offensive line. That's one of been, that's been one of their biggest issues the past couple of years. But Clutch boy Rashad Penny went off this past week. Still took the loss, but he kept him in it. And I really can't figure out this team. But I'll still take them because they have home uh, field advantage, and because I think that this is a, this is still the same Seattle Seahawks that plays in Century League. Century Link has the twelfth man. And I don't see them dropping to four and six and potentially completely falling out of the wild card race. For, for those new listeners out there, uh, I'm not a Rashad Penny fan. That's sarcasm. You had a great game last week. I think you can make an argument for McCarthy's head. Uh, yep. If the Packers put up a bad performance in this game, I just yeah, because that, that'd be three straight losses against superior or or at least you know quality opponents. Too big of a spot, too late in the season for them to drop another game. I think the same thing could be said for the Seahawks, though, and that's why this is such an interesting game. Yeah, no, I might, absolutely. I I'll, I'm going to take the Seahawks straight up, but Packers plus three, I think it's going to be a close one. This is going to be a good game. Yeah, I agree. I don't think if I had would have real money on this game. Uh, yeah, I would uh, stay away from I it, I think too, this is but... more just one that I'm really looking forward to watching, uh, matchup-wise. And there's been some uncharacteristic blowouts on Thursday night, too, so that's mm. always something you can look out for. Dolan, how about we go over to this uh, Risky Survivor lockoff? That was, uh, that was uh, you know, I know talked about in the group you're chat. You're lucky Houston had a bye week last week. I would have taken him again. But I, it's the, I've talked about my confidence in Houston. I think this might actually have been in the uh, lost episode of uh, The Back Judge, which was <laughs> a fantastic episode, by the way. But I was saying how I'm not worried about the loss of Will Fuller, especially with the um, – uh, Demarius. Demarius Thomas and the fact that um, DeAndre Hopkins is a versatile enough receiver to keep stretching the field like Will Fuller was, and now Demarius Thomas can take up the short field, intermediate routes, get his classic, you know, five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. And um, the defense, J.J. Watt, I think he had, I can't remember if it was two or three sacks in the last game they played. He's finally showing up being the defensive player of the year candidate they could be. And the most important part of this team, Deshaun Watson, who's at plus 4,000 for MVP right now. I really think that obviously one of the more talented quarterbacks in the league. And the Redskins are just the definition of a paper titan. Look at the division. An 8-8 eight eight team is going to win that division. They could barely score on the Bucs. I think this is an interesting spot, and I'm glad you guys brought this game up too. Uh, both divisions are very interesting to me. That's why I like it a lot is because – from top to bottom, I think the AFC South is still interesting, and I think the uh, NFC West is obviously still interesting too. Um, I agree with Dolan in the fact that the Redskins are a bit of a paper titan. I think they're very limited offensively, although I think they've gotten some really good performance from their young players on defense, and it's led to yeah. their defense being really effective this year, which has led to their good record. Um, this is probably one of the harder games on their easy schedule of, to, to finish the season, uh, aforementioned in this, in this podcast. Um, but at home, it doesn't seem like they have too big of an advantage. I like this one to, for both teams to stay under 20. Uh, again, another one I wouldn't put any real money on, but I kind of like the tight, uh, the Texans to on the, go on the road and continue winning this year. Six in a row. This will be their seventh in a row. Granted, I'm, a, I'm a hater. I am a Redskins hater. If you, if you're again, if, uh, <laughs> oh, of course, I'm with if you're you, a new listener to this podcast, I'm a Redskins hater this year. Um, we hate words. We hate the R words. Again, this is going to take kind of the theme of the Thursday night game we just talked about. And I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, again, I think the Redskins, Houston has been overperforming. Their offensive line was awful to start the year and just on paper is probably the worst in the NFL. But they've been playing better. Uh, and I think the big matchup is going to be the Redskins defensive line, which can get after it going up against that Houston offensive line. Uh, I, I, again, I think the Redskins really should win this game. And if you're a Redskins fan, you, you have to be looking at this as this is a must-win game for us against a team that we could beat. But again, Deshaun Watson is playing at a great level. Joel, what you were talking about with Demarius Thomas, 
coming in. I, I agree with that too, with that short game. Uh, this team still, I just like the, they got more pizzazz in the Redskins. Swearinger. Swearinger. Former team. And yes. He's going yeah, back to battle. Two short weeks ago, I was uh, back on Redskins Island against the G-Men. Yeah. I'm happy. To, I'm happy to be back, baby. The, the skins are a team. Risky, this is this is a ris- risky survivor off, baby. Give me the skins, risky survivor. I might take Houston risky survivor. For the I rest really of want the Texans to win this game. I just think this is a big shakeup. Uh, the Redskins. The Redskins. No, you know the the Eagles lost to the Cowboys. The NFC East, like Tommy said, is eating each other alive. Yeah. Except they can't eat the Redskins, baby. The Redskins just gonna keep on munching all their way to the playoffs. Yeah, against bad teams, they will. Get, get that get that home. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, I said you, they I said they I said they win the NFC East at the beginning of the season. Club, if you're like like a drunk uncle whose nephew plays for the Redskins, that's the type of <laughs> this is the type of ba- backing you have for this team. You're just I, like, oh, give it, I give them it, to give win. I, picked, I wrote an article. I wrote an article about the demise of the Eagles before the season started. You can see it on backjudge.com. Everything is coming to fruition. Redskins got an easy schedule the rest of the way, and that includes this week's game. Yeah, they, Tom, they Tommy, why don't you why don't you send it somewhere else, buddy? <laughs> I want to talk about this Titans-Colts game. If we want to talk about another prediction that I made, Derrick Henry leading the league in rushing. I made that prediction back in July. We still oh. got we still got some time left, so let's let's just let's just think about that one. But anyway, Titans-Colts. I think this is going to be. I think this is an underrated game. The Titans are kind of on a roll. They beat the Patriots. They beat the the crap out of the Cowboys. Um, and the Colts have been on a little bit of a roll themselves. Andrew Luck, another dark horse. If you want to talk about MVP odds. The Colts keep winning. Andrew Luck has to be in that conversation. Obviously, it's been, you know, Breeze and Mahomes-centric. Uh, but I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, and I'm taking the Colts at home. I just like everything that's going in their way. Again, I think they have the superior quarterback. I think Marcus Mariota, uh, he's been playing well the past two weeks. So I, I'm kind of expecting a little bit of a, uh, a misstep in his, in his, you know, rise to playing better. And Andrew Luck's just the better quarterback. And uh, I'm taking the Colts. Frank Reich's a better yeah. coach, too. This is a team that's really come been on a roll the past few weeks, and uh, I like them a lot to get lock in that second AFC wildcard spot. So uh, I think this is a position where they can continue to win and uh, continue to gain wins on their resume so luck can be playing in the playoffs because I really would love to see that. And their young players are perfor- overperforming defensively, at least have recently. I like this position a lot for both teams, though, because the Titans off that bye have been winning consistently, so we'll see. I'm, I'm going cold, so. I'm going to have to go against you guys, and I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans, and this is Ooh. I was not very confident about a couple weeks ago, but you just talked about how the Colts are on a hot streak right now. The Titans have beat, obviously killed the Patriots last week, who I still think are one of the better teams in the league, and I actually have a little bit of stock in the Cowboys still, too, and they uh, took care of them uh, on Monday night, and you talked about – I. I'm not completely confident that Marcus Mariota is going to be playing to the level that he's supposed to be. But these past two games, I feel like he's really been the one who's carrying them to the wins. And I also I underestimated how much of a football guy Mike Drable was. I don't know if you guys saw the video before, but he was doing the O-lineman drills pregame with his players. And that's why they killed the Patriots. That's awesome. That's so that guy. You got and you know Eric Ebron isn't going to get – they barely beat the Jets out with Eric Ebron getting three touchdowns. That's more touchdowns than he had in his line I career. The Jaguars beat the Titans, Golan. Get off your fucking high horse. I wouldn't necessarily uh, swing around, you know, the Cowboys and then, and then you know, undermine the Jags. I, I think that the uh, Colts have been – Cowboys are better than the Jags. That's a different argument for a different day. But I just think Luck, Luck's performance has kind of risen this team. And I like Frank Reich. I think they've – that this team is kind of like the Colts have gotten battered and bruised, I think, as the season has gone on so far. And they've gone through some tough losses. And I think that they're kind of seasoned in a way. I like Luck a lot as a, as a quarterback, as a leader, you name it. And I really want to see him playing in the playoffs. They're an underrated team. And I, I think this is a game that they got to win at home. I like the Colts in this one. I mean, Lawson, a lot of this uh, NFL storylines going on now is uh, how well Andrew Luck has been playing. I mean, he's basically returned to form. The O-line hasn't allowed a sack in four weeks for the Colts, which is really unbelievable considering how bad that offensive line has been the past few seasons. Um, the game's at home in Lucas Oil. It's going to be a great AFC uh, South you know, showdown, but uh, I think uh, I like the Colts in this one too. 
Plus, I feel like, you know, we got an El Clasico coming up in a few weeks, I believe. Jags-Titans Thursday night, week 14. Both of those teams have to be way below 500 for that game to, to happen. So True. Oh, man. Yeah. Our uh, loser gets the fourth draft pick. That's got to be the safety. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, on that point about the Colts offensive line, they've been playing awesome and been kind of like one of the more under, probably the most underrated line in the uh, NFL right now, so it's been kind of cool. Since one of the Titans consistent, anyways, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. if the Titans come into Lucas Oil and, and, and perform better than the Colts and like win this game in, in you know clean fashion by a touchdown or so, then that's impressive, and I think that that should be noted, and they should be in, uh, replacing the Colts as a team that can threat for the threaten for the wild card. Yeah. I feel like Marcus Mariota is almost an Alex Smith type character, where he just hangs around, and one week he makes you believe that oh maybe we can win you know a few playoff games with this guy, and then other weeks it, it's like all right we need to totally reevaluate the quarterback position. So I mean before the bye week, I know he was dealing with a hand injury. I'm not sure you know how much maybe that had to do with his poor play but he's a guy who's kind of been up and down this year so um we can we can move on though lee is there another game you want to throw out here for us to discuss um yeah i'm i'm actually gonna go this is one that you might scoff at uh but i'll start it off in jacksonville the third matchup or is it yeah no the third matchup we're seeing the past two years last fourth. season is it the fourth no, third. No, my fault. Third. My fault. i question that as well third matchup we're seeing the last two years last year we had the uh the first upset, which was knocked a few of you big guns out of Survivor, was the Steelers uh, losing in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's defense dominating that game. And then Jacksonville beating them again in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Now we have the rematch. Uh, the teams obviously aren't in the same places that they were at both matchups. But the Jaguars have underperformed all year. Uh, tough loss, like we referred to in the Colts uh, you know, rundown in uh, Indianapolis last week. I think this is a really interesting spot. Leonard Fournette's back. He was very impressive last week. I've been down on the Steelers all year. Obviously, they've won five games in a row, so this is a spot that they should win. But I like this as a turnaround spot for the Jaguars. Bortles perform oh, consistently. Going to be motivated. Who cares? Who cares about this game? Motivated by Steelers the Jaguars. Steelers are going to win by ten points. Um, this is all defense good. sucks. The I'm, I'm taking the Jaguars. Bad. NFL shakeup. Oh, this is going to be a shakeup. Division shakeup. I'm taking this as a, a the Steelers dropping this one on the road. Lee also uh, has a, a bet for the Steelers under ten wins, but that that also that's irrelevant to, the, to this uh, conversation. Literally, um, the actually, only reason why Lee brought this game up is to hate on the Steelers. He's just like, oh, who did the Steelers play this week? The Jags? Yeah, they'll win. Well, everyone's writing off the Jaguars. I don't think they're – if Fournette's oh, coming back in his house, they played tough last week in Indianapolis. I After, think the Colts are playing very well. I think it was a good game. Uh, at home, their, their season is completely on the line still. I think they can still play for the wild card. They're 3-6. and six. This is a huge spot for them in the AFC, I think. You guys, want hear, you guys want to hear a stat real quick? The Giants have scored more, or the Jaguars have scored more than two touchdowns in three out of their nine games. Yeah, <laughs> this team is bad, and I love the Jaguars, but the Steelers are running away with the AFC North okay. right now. And I don't even—I think the line is minus six or something. Double down on that, minus twelve. Like this could be a runaway one. We'll see. Uh, if I, if I, if I may, after throwing Lee under the bus, I'm gonna—I'm still gonna take the Steelers, but I would take the Jaguars on the spread, and I think this is gonna be a really Ooh. close game. Uh, I just think going into Jacksonville, this defense likely was saying they're There's gonna, a pool in the stadium. It doesn't matter. It doesn't say, matter. You, you matter. can't say going Whatever. into Jacksonville. You know Jacksonville what? You know what? Move on. Move on. Someone else pick a game. I don't care. Is this, we'll is this your next, risky survivor league? Next week, put it on the risky survivor. Put it down. Oh. Put it down. Oh, okay. Jaguars <laughs> minus six. Reverse spread. Okay. Risky survivor. Okay. Put it okay. down. I'm, I'm throwing it back to Klepp in, in the Highlander. Pick them. In Lions in Lambo, throw away the spread, baby. Yeah, no Win. one cares. No one, no one cares. No one cares about what you did on the Highlander. We're talking right now, and I'm talking the Jaguars winning. Someone else pick a game. Don't pick pick one, baby. No, I, I have a game that uh, I might do two risky survivors this week, and me and Lee might have butted heads a little bit on that one, but he's gonna love this. Giants at home versus Tampa. Are you kidding? <laughs> this is an easy dub. We just saw the return of. Super Bowl Eli Manning last night. That last drive, I've never had confidence in a quarterback in my life. I knew he was going to get it. 
I had him plus three and plus and a half. It was the five and a half. It was the best day of my life. I'm still smashing the over on on five and a half wins on the Giants. I'm smashing the over. They're winning six games this year. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs after winning six. The Redskins are losing out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, They're terrible. And, but they could beat the Bucks at home. They're pretty bad that, too. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna join Clef and not uh, being Giants hype hype men, but uh, I do think they're gonna win in in, in Tampa. So w. I definitely am rubbing Dolan and Lee's back. A little. All right, yeah, all right. Let's, that's enough I'll on that game. That's, that's enough. The Giants aren't actually like the best team ever, but they're better than their record says. They have talent, and this is a lock this week. You are what your record is. Let's go to. I want to go to Chicago. I want to go to Chicago. Very interesting NFC North matchup, and I think this game will tell us whether the Bears are for real or not in terms of contenders to possibly win this NFC North division. I'm going to go with the Vikings, but the Bears manhandled the Lions last week. Mitch Trubisky was pretty impressive. Allen Robinson had his first kind of big game in the Chicago uniform. I feel like he's getting comfortable now in the Nagy system and coming off of that ACL injury. Cleo Mack is uh, healthy again. He was manhandling dudes all, all week, and uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm not going to pick the Bears again, and I feel bad not doing it. But I just really need to, uh, you know, believe it with my own eyes and, and see them beat a good team at home, which they haven't really been capable of so far this year. And you know, last week was Mitchell Bisky's first win against a division opponent, so he needs to go back to back and do it again. This game will, will definitely tell me if the Bears are for real, and if they beat the Vikings at home, I will think much more highly of them going forward. Adam, I completely agree with you, man. And uh, another thing, I just kind of want to piggyback off everything you just said. Uh, just Mitch Trubisky against this Vikings defense. And if this, this Vikings defense has been playing well lately, um, just he's, again, like you're saying, winning another divisional game, going up against a tough defense, uh, and getting a win. So I, I'm, st- I'm sticking with the Vikings. But if the Bears win this game, it's, they for sure should be the division favorites, I feel like. I think this is a position where I've talked about not betting money. I think this is a position where I think I would, actually. I've not really believed in the Bears as a serious contender all year. Uh, They're leading the division right now, and I don't believe they're going to continue to lead the division as the season goes on and the uh, cream rises to the top, so to speak. And I think this is a classic position where the cream will rise to the top and the Minnesota Vikings will overwhelm the Bears with uh, with talent and a better quarterback overall, I think. Trubisky will not fare well against the Vikings defense in a primetime position. I know they're at home. And this is a spot where the Bears really could prove themselves. But uh, I really like the Vikings, and I think the Vikings are going to end up winning this division. So this is a spot where I really like the Vikings. Similar to the Colts-Titans game, just a, a pivotal divisional game midseason, a little after midseason, where I, I have a lot more faith in one team, and I'm just going to go with, with that team at, in a pivotal spot. Yeah, I'm going to ride with what Lee's saying and take the Vikings in this one, too. And I really think that, uh, as sad as it is to say, at this point in the season, I know you can't rule the Packers out, but I think that this could be the NFC North championship game right here. Whoever wins this is going to be have a serious advantage the rest of the season. And they are two both good, both two good teams, and I have been impressed with Trubisky. But there are two things that I'm a little skeptical about about him, and that's one that he has torn apart some pretty bad pass defenses and pretty bad defenses in general. Minnesota does not have one of those. He, he went off against Tampa Bay, the Jets, Buffalo, and obviously the Lions, especially without Darius Slay, have maybe the worst pass defense in NFL history. And um, I think that someone's got to rip that sleeve off that he put on his arm after the Tampa. He put the sleeve on. He had thrown he had thrown seven career touchdowns before the Tampa Bay game. He puts the sleeve on and he matches his career touchdown total in one game. And ever since then, he has been tearing everyone apart. But he's been tearing bad teams apart. And the Vikings, I talk a lot of shit about them. They're not a bad team, and they're coming off a bye. Adam Thielen, he had his lowest total of the season against the Lions. He's going to be charged up getting back to that 100-yard total. I like the Vikings in this one. I think the Lions did that one for Calvin, baby. Yeah. Yes, sir. Keep the record. The Vikings linebackers are very quick, too, and I think that's an asset that's going to be very good for them in this game because Trubisky likes to scatter around a lot with his, uh, you know, his athletic build. Uh, he relies a lot on his legs, and I think he, he runs around on that Soldier Field natural grass. I've seen it in person before, and it, 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 it can be quite a thing. But I think the Vikings defense is going to kind of Anthony between Anthony Barr and uh, 
Eric Kendricks, they're gonna they're gonna suffocate him. The D line, it's, a, it's a, just a big game. I like Zimmer in this spot. A few shots of him on the sideline. I think it's going to be a confident night for for the Vikings. Yeah, and Matt Nagy's been great calling plays this year. But also, I mean, you can you can argue about the Green Bay game and in the Miami game making some questionable calls. That I mean, if they were to win both of those games, which they very well could have, uh, they would be one of the best teams in the NFL record-wise. So. Let's bounce to Nola. We can bounce to Nola. Let's, let's I mean, bounce I to Nola. Same, I think the Saints are going to put away the Eagles for the season. Wow. I'm kind of with you, Clyde. I, I, I think it's done so for the Eagles after this one. They lose, they go home. See ya. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I find myself on the other side. Wow. <laughs> Yet again, another risky oh, spot man. for me where I think the Saints have been obviously dominant all year, but this is a spot where the Eagles have their backs to the wall. Like you said, this is the bullet to the head. A loss in New Orleans, and ever, ever so familiar for, for a lot of teams, loss in New Orleans – could be, could be the end for the Eagles, but I think the Eagles will live to see another day. Their defense will step up, and Carson Wentz, where have you been? Because I saw a different player last year. I saw a different offense last year, and if they don't kick it into gear now against the NFL's elite, then they will not all year. And I'm betting on the former Super Bowl champs, not literally betting, but I, again, wouldn't bet on this game. But <laughs> I'm picking the former Super Bowl champs to uh, go on the road to New Orleans and with their backs against the wall and get a get a tough win to make the ever-so-competitive NFL uh, shuffle around yet a bit more. You don't say cut the same this year, man. <laughs> yeah, well... It's not the same squad. Yeah, I just, do I don't, you, I don't do you think believe the in them. If you like lose at home to the Cowboys in a game you have to win, NFC East opponent, the, you're not a Super Bowl. The Saints can afford a loss. It doesn't... The Saints are going to win 13 games this year. They're going to go 13-3. and three. I don't think the Saints can afford a loss. They got the Panthers zipping at their heels a little bit, man. I think the... pressure's on for them, I'm picking Detroit this week. So, I might, oh be, my God. I might be on an island Jesus there, Jesus Christ. Too. I might what be, is going on? I might be on an island there, too. What I will say Jags, the Eagles, Lions. Parlay that Lions, money, my yeah, baby. Tally that one up. Let's see how much that can ring you in. Oh, if, what I will say about this, this Philly-New Orleans game, I do agree with Lee that I've been agreeing with Lee a lot on this show. He's making a lot of good points. That It's a Philly team with their backs against the wall, and they are more talented than they've been this year. And after signing, trading for Golden Tate and only getting him two catches in his first um, in his debut, and they were two kind of crappy plays uh, where they just I remember it was a third down, threw it to him uh, for it was a third and seven, throw it to him four yards behind the line, gets tackled, and that was pretty much the only look he got for the rest of the game. I don't think the dome is that it's a good home field advantage. Tampa Bay went in there. We, I know it was week one and won a game. I don't, there's no weather conditions. I know there's going to be crowd noise, but there's no excuses for the Eagles this week. And I think everyone's job is on the line because you know how the NFL oh, is. No, I, 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 no. I don't agree with Lee in saying that the Eagles will win. The Saints are going to win this game, but hammer Philly plus nine. I want to. I'm with Clep here. I'm taking. I'm taking the Saints just because I think they're a better football team and they're just uh, executing at a higher level. And I, I completely agree with a lot of things that you guys are saying. And I, could, and you guys could be right. And this team could win on Sunday because their backs are against the wall. But that would mean that they would be reverting to some uh, basically last year and playing like last year. It just hasn't been the same team this year. Wentz has been good, but they can't run the ball really. Their offensive line has been beat up, uh, and they just aren't executing. You saw it in the Carolina game. You saw it in the Dallas game. This, there's just something off with this team this year. They've had a Super Bowl hangover. Uh, and I just want to say their next three games are uh, at home to the Giants, at home to the Redskins, and then in Dallas. So those are three uh, division Oof. opponents. So even if they lose, they still, I think, could be in the uh, this race. Is, this is a huge spot for them. I don't think that if they lose, they're going to come back from it. No, uh, any NFC East team can lose at any time. The Eagles are coming <laughs> off the most. They're coming off the most embarrassing loss of the season, and and a lot of people have lost all their faith in them. It's too early in the season to do that. They have too many assets. Assets, like I said, Carson Wentz. We were all on our knees for him last year, Adam. You were literally leading the parade. Now we're just bailing. Yeah, I was. I was team trade Stafford for once. We're, we're, oh, we're bailing. We're that. bailing week twelve this year when they just because they of, a, of an embarrassing loss to Dallas. At yeah, maybe we're we maybe we just overestimated the Eagles and the whole division all year, and it's all kind of coming to fruition. But I, I don't. When has it been since? When has it been this easy to win? 
for the Saints, and is Drew Brees just going to toss it around and they're just going to dominate? Just salty about that Super Bowl, sweet Super Bowl pick. Oh, I mean, I, I have no. We'll see back come in July, time. baby. We'll see come playoff time. And, and, and Ronald Darby is done for the year with a torn ACL, so yeah. you know yeah, it's going to be a shootout. That's another yeah. shot. Their no, whole be, uh, secondary is really just Philly down. plus nine. Saints will win, but plus nine. That's like, a lot of points. We can move on. I'll be on the island again. Yeah. Let's talk about the crown jewel of the weekend. Chiefs at Rams used to be in Mexico City, home of spring break 2019. It is now in L.A. Um, I mean, this is going to be a, a crazy game. This is ESPN's finally getting their their good nut in on uh, Monday Night Football. Um, Witten and Tessitore, baby, and, Bo- and Booger from the Booger Mobile bringing it to us. Who do you – I mean, I'm going to pick the Chiefs in this game, guys. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm on the other side. I'm picking the Rams, especially now because it's in L.A. Mexico City, and now it's not there. The Rams are uh, seasoned now, like I've been I've been using that word a little bit, but have had some tough matchups the past couple of weeks, and I think they're familiar with some tough matchups to where the Chiefs have kind of uh, played a few cupcake games. If I don't, if you don't if you guys don't mind me saying, I think they've rolled over their competition. Maybe that's just cause maybe that's just because they're so darn good, or maybe. It's because uh, they've just had much easier competition. Who knows? We'll see. I think it's going to be a really good game. I just overall, I like the Rams' defense better, and I like Marcus Peters in this revenge spot, uh, and I like McVay and the Rams to roll and uh, assert their dominance as the NFL, the NFL's number one team this year. I'm uh, I'm on the other side, and I'm rolling with the Chiefs. Uh, and again, I'm. The Rams losing Cooper Cup, I think, factors into it a little bit. Uh, obviously, I think Josh Reynolds is going to be. Stepping, uh, stepping up into the fold and the next man in because you know they run that you know they run that same set with their three wide receivers and they kind of just go all from there. Um, but I, I'm on the Chiefs right now. I think right. I just think they're playing better football right now to be honest. And I think this Rams defense is going to struggle with the Chiefs offense. And conversely, the Chiefs defense has been starting to play a little bit better. Justin Houston is back, which is they have a legitimate present uh, presence off the edge. And if that all if with D Ford. They can get going, and Adam's boy Chris Jones is playing really well uh, as well. So I'm, I'm kind of liking the Chiefs a little bit more in this spot going into L.A. in the impromptu. Uh, is it going to be in the Coliseum, I'm assuming? Or, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I'm taking the Chiefs. But I, and I believe the over-under is at 64, which is the most since 1983, something like that. So hammer that boy. What do you think, Dolan? I love both these teams. I've, I've been riding my home so high. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are keeping me uh, alive in the wins pool. They're literally the only team I have that gets wins. Um, but I'm going to take the Rams in this game. And I'm putting a lot of that on the fact that this is moving to Los Angeles. And I don't know if – is this technically – was the Mexico City game supposed to be a home game yep. for the Rams? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so they're just getting an, an eighth home game. But mostly because um, – these are two of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion, and that could be debatable. But um, I think that Mahomes, they both have defenses that allow a lot of points but have talent on the defenses, so I think this will be a shootout. But uh, Pat Mahomes, my boy, I love him, but he actually just ended this past week a um, six-game turnover streak. And with like uh, corners like Marcus Peters and uh, big-time players like uh, Ndamukong Kinsu, Aaron Donald, who can force turnovers – Dante Fowler, hopefully he'll finally show up coming off the edge. I think that this could be where Mahomes finally comes down to earth and we get a game-ending pick six from Marcus Peters in a revenge game. I'm taking the Rams. I like that, Dolan. Always a flair for the dramatic. Let's, uh, I want to talk, you know, last maybe big discussion game we have here. Cowboys-Falcons, because I think the loser of this game can just go home and close up shop for the year. I'm with and you, I completely agree. I, I yep. think the Cowboys are, are uh, coming off a big win in Philly after really falling flat at home against Tennessee. I mean, the, the Falcons blew a game. I mean, they didn't blow it, but they just got beat by the Browns in Cleveland. A great Browns team. Yeah, and so um, I, I, this is a really interesting game to me. It's in Atlanta, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Falcons, but I, I think it's gonna be a really really close one because. Both of these teams seem like they can have really good games but also just be really fatally flawed in, in big areas of their prospective games. Yeah, I find myself on the other side of the argument. Uh, That's fine. I can't I, even really disagree with no, you. No, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm just, just saying it's you know. funny where, how, t- how times have changed. Um, I, t- I was a little disappointed by Tommy's reaction to what I thought was the biggest win for the Cowboys all year and what 
ultimately saved their season. And my whole argument was they got a uh, game in Atlanta this week against the Falcons team that is coming off a very depleting loss to the Browns. And then you play the Redskins at home on, uh, on Thanksgiving, a Redskins team whom three of us are picking against. Even if they win, that's a huge game for divisional position as the season gets into, uh, into its, its, its end here. I think this is just a spot where the Falcons defense has been awful all year. And the Cowboys, Jason Garrett knows his job is on the line and the expectations are high now. I think their offense is coming into its own a little bit with Amari Cooper coming in, and Dak Prescott knows his job is on the line. It does not matter what the owner says. Uh, so they need to perform at a very high level. They need that Thanksgiving game to be competitive. And I think the Cowboys are going to do it. I just think they're more talented. And Atlanta really just showed me what they really were last week in Cleveland. I was very confident they were going to win that game. So I like the NFC East to stay competitive and the Cowboys to win this game and make that Thanksgiving game a little more juicy for all of us. You know what, Lee? I'm switching my pick. Yeah. Convincing. Oh, I'm, I'm on the Cowboys. Here, man. Well, I'm on the other side of both of you. And, uh, this this is, is classic. And this is what happened to Tommy. Where did the preseason Tommy go? I was asking him all week. Where did your, your confidence go? Why, 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 why should I have any confidence in this team? Because they just had the biggest win of the year <laughs> in Philly nothing. when everyone was picking against them, nothing. and now they're alive. It's nice. Like I just it's explained. Nice. I wish, I wish, spoiled Brad. I'm a fan. He's not even grateful. Your season is like, whatever, man. I can't believe no, you're I not juiced about it. I mean, if they beat Atlanta and they beat Washington, I'll be juiced. But That's... they've been the most inconsistent. They literally have won one week and lost the next week. Their offense has not been consistent at all. Yeah, Amari Cooper has been a lot better than I thought he was going to be, and he's been a really nice uh, first receiver for Dak. Still probably is not worth the first-round pick because Dak does not – I'm still not convinced in Dak. Taking him 28-20-20 for Tua, that's, that's the real plan. Oh, but other than, other than that, that's I just – That's a graceful thing to say. This team, this team is just not consistent enough on offense. I think it's going to be a shootout. The Cowboys' defense has been playing well. Leighton Van Der Esch had a great game against Philly, uh, filling oh, in for Sean Lee. Uh, and I, I, this Cowboys' defense looks good. Their offense played better last week. But I just think this game is going to be a little bit of a shootout. And I think the, and the Falcons just have more firepower, and they're going to win at home. I'm looking for a big, big game for Zeke. Over 130 yards. When I talk about the Cowboys, I've always said that my one concern was Dak Prescott because he's got weapons around him, especially now that uh, they traded for Amari Cooper and now Zeke is playing as he should have been playing the whole year. But I think, like, with the exception of uh, a few sailed passes in the back of the end zone, I think that um, last week was by far the best game of the season Dak Prescott has played and maybe the one of the better games he's played since his uh, incredible rookie year. And I've said it many times, this NFC East division is going to be very competitive. The, um, and the NFC South division is competitive, but just not for the Falcons. So this is a game that the Cowboys need to win. Not necessarily need to win because they got the Redskins coming up, and that's muscle. No, they need to win this game. Well, if they're five and – I mean, yeah, they could be five and six after beating the Redskins to be fine. It's a shitty division. But if they're five and five going into the Washington game, I think that this is a good team. I don't have full trust in Dak, but if he can gain manage and make just the right amount of throws to get the close dubs like he did against Philly, then this is going to be a playoff team, and I like the Cooper trade. Mm. What do you guys think the final score of this game? Like, I don't. I just. I. I think the Cowboys are going to handle him, dude. I think, think it will be like 27-22 Falcons. Falcons, you're back. You're back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cowboys. Cowboys. <laughs> Yeah, no, Clef, I kind of like that. I was more thinking like 33-17 Cowboys. Ooh, I, think I, was a lot of the Cowboys. I was just about to say that. Really? I just think the Cowboys need to go in there and take care of business, and I don't think the Cowboys are quite done yet. I just have a sense from them. I was against them last week, but part of me, Clef, I don't know if you remember, I don't want to give myself credit because I picked the Eagles, but I wanted to talk about how that was a pivotal game for position in the division, and the yeah. fact that they won in Philly is huge for their season. And they, they stole that win, and now we look at Philly a completely different way. Um, so I just think that this game in Atlanta, Atlanta is so vulnerable right now, and, and, and Dallas has a chance to ax them. An NFC, an NFC uh, wildcard competitor, and even to just gain uh, position in this division, like I said, I just think it's a huge spot. And I think Dallas is too consistent, at least consistent enough to get – their defense has been playing well, and they're connecting the dots on offense good enough to go into Philly and win that game. So well, that, that was my. Can we talk about this uh, AFC North battle here too, real quickly? Bengals Ravens. 
I think this is a really interesting game. I feel like if the Ravens, I feel like if the Ravens win this game, then it almost takes both of these teams like out of contention a little bit. With the Ravens already losing to the Steelers twice. No, 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 they one-one. Oh, they. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't. I don't. I still just like don't really believe in the Ravens enough, though. Yeah. Um, and I honestly feel like if they drop this game, I feel like the Lamar Jackson experiment could begin. Yeah. He could be started uh, this game. You know, Flacco's got some hip his no, hip no, issues right now. No, yeah, that's right. He's not. He was on crutches. I'm pretty sure. I think yes. Lamar's starting. I think yeah. that's the. Well, no, oh, he is. He projected to start. Not, yeah. It's not confirmed yet because RG three might start too. That's it. Oh, oh, hammer the Ravens! Oh my God, I'm gonna put so much money on the Ravens. <laughs> you heard it here first. I like the team to rally around not Flacco. So either one who's starting, <laughs> I think the defense is gonna play better. I think the team's gonna be more about it. And I just think they're going to roll them. I think the Bengals, their season was over after last week. You come out at home, I don't care how good the Saints are. You're a six-and-a-half-point dog at home and you lose by 40 or whatever it was, mm-hmm. even more maybe. Your season's over. You had your you know beginning-of-the-year triumph. You're back to being the Bengals. Yeah. You need a clean house. It's over. You have some good young talent. But I paper think, towers. I think the Ravens, man, this is – uh, talk about jobs on the line. You lose this game. This is another position where it's like you want to just fire Harbaugh now. This is yeah, but a what lot about I mean, for, if you're if you're John Harbaugh? Why are you like not starting Lamar Jackson? Because he's the only dude, he's the only dude that can save your job though at this point. Like if the Ravens go the way they've been going all year, they're going to miss the playoffs again. Harbaugh will definitely be yeah. gone. But if you start Lamar, and even if you don't make the playoffs, but he, but he shows signs of growth over the past the last half of the year here. The only I mean, that, that that'll, that'll save his job. He thinks it's uh, too early to make that fast of a move, and he thinks he can still string wins together. I guess. Yeah. Or yeah. But I also, know. they also have the way that they've kind of handcuffed Lamar Jackson has kind of shown that they don't. I don't know how much faith they have in him because. They had all the, he's either uses a decoy or a runner, and I mean I think he threw that one one pass in uh, the Steelers game or whatever. But he, he's just been used as a runner more. And the fact that the, there's even some debate about whether he would start any other quarterback, Josh Allen was the backup quarterback. There'd be no question. Uh, so I don't know. It's just kind of a sketchy situation. I don't want to start talking up RG three, but I don't think uh, I think he's been playing well and he's been a no. good. Game manager, backup. He knows his role in the NFL now, and I think he's. Uh, yeah, when, when I, I, I can see them winning that game with RG three. No, when Clap brought up, he was like Bengals Ravens, and I forgot that was even a game. I was like, gross. I'm not gonna be watching any of that. As soon as I heard that RG three might be starting, I'm gonna be watching all of that game. That's gonna be a good one. That's good to all hear. All right, yeah, we got we got three games left. I think we can go fire around here. Broncos Chargers. Just hoping that the Bronco, Broncos hold hold their own at home and don't, you know, I'm just waiting for this classic Chargers shoe to drop where they just completely blow a game, but hasn't quite happened yet. They Tim almost Carson. did it with the Titans in London, but I think they can go at home and handle the Broncos, ideally. Yeah, I'm going to go 38-21 Chargers. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go 27-10 Chargers. Make that Chiefs-Chargers game next week ever so interesting, oh, especially wow. if the Rams get that W. This is—it's all, man. This is all getting real fun. That's why I'm saying I just want more controversy. I'll take 24-10 Chargers, and that's not because of my faith in the Chargers. I don't think that they're a team that uh, really is as talented as eight and two is, and I think they'll probably end up this season like eleven and five or something like that. But it's just because I think the Broncos suck. That's why I'll take the Chargers. And let, does, oh, go ahead, John. I just need to throw in a third um, risky survivor. This has to be a record for this podcast. <laughs> and Tommy Murray already knows what it is, and that's the Cardinals minus four at home against the worst team. We don't need to talk about the game, but like obviously that's a win. It's Josh Rosen at home. Last time he was at home, he led the most beautiful comeback drive of all time. <laughs> He's out. He's out. Yeah, I think you smashed your mic or something, John. You can't hear you. You're mute. No. You're, are you back? No? Hello? Am I here? Yeah, here, 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 here. We got you. Did you guys hear me? I was just ranting about how bad the Raiders are and how awesome the Cardinals are, so that's all you okay. need to hear. Right Hammer on. it. Yeah. Three risky survivors. We'll see how it goes. Give me, if we're moving on to that portion of the fire round, give me the Cardinals as well at home, too. Uh, everything's going wrong for the Raiders now. Give me the Cardinals. Give me the Raiders. Oh! I'm, taking, oh. I'm, t- I'm, a, I'm a clap. Give me the black and silver, man. Rosen was... Big, uh, big top. Bumble recovery at some point in this game. Big... Oh, man. Okay. 
Big Tom's gonna he's gonna get a big hit too. Yep. And uh, Lee, why don't you tell us what it's like on Lions Island? I'm I'm on Lions Island. I'm actually on Lions Island as well. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my God. I think this is a beautiful spot for the Lions to not only get a worse draft pick and make everyone think that they might be good again and then continue to lose as the season goes on, but I think this is a spot where Carolina, I haven't really been invested in them all year. They looked absolutely terrible in Pittsburgh. I know it's not an easy game on a short week, but I think Cam Newton's inconsistent. The Carolina came into Ford Field, I think, last year. Was it Clep or maybe it was two years ago? Last year. Last year and, and bullied the Lions. Yeah, the Ed Dixon game. So uh, I think that the Lions are going to defend themselves a little bit. I think Patricia's going to uh, sift back up to being like, oh, yeah, you guys remember that? I can win sometimes. So I think, uh, <laughs> I think the Lions are in a good spot where they can win this game. Uh, look for the – I'm just fading the Panthers kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm with yeah, you. I, I kind of agree, Lee. Uh, I think this might be a decent spot for the Lions. So I'm going to go with final score prediction of probably 45 Panthers, 14 Lions. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm on, I'm on Dolan's Lions. mad. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about this team until they just give me something to talk well, about. I mean, how, hopefully, this is huge for Stafford. Like, go out there and have yourself a damn game, son, and let's get a win. Get a win at home against Carolina. If, if, if the Steelers can beat him by 30 at home, you, you they're coming to the den. They're coming to Ford Field. It's an anti-home field advantage, Lee. You remember them scars scars from last year, though. Dude, (laughs) it's it's power hour. It's power hour at Ford Field to get those $3 Bud Lights 90 minutes after the gates open. You know them, them, them Lions, those Roar Zone boys are hamming about early six of them. Early league. Early league. Need an early league. And they're going to be booing from the rafters. Yeah, yeah. Detroit's on a super fan. sandwich up on the third level. That's where I worked my freshman year. Not a big deal. I'm on Lions Island, baby. I feel great. Wait, uh, before we uh, – should we talk about Le'Veon at all or no? No, it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. James Conner, the Steelers are still as good as they were going to be. Still going to only go 9-5-1. So, um, oh, oh man, the uh, Aiden's arms are sore from the pull-up challenge. That's embarrassing. So, Aiden is three Keystone lights away from being a, dis- a decrepit old Boston fuck. Like seriously, he <laughs> already has the hunch. He's just in a seersucker shirt, like trying to hear his son make out with his high school girlfriend. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm done. Can, no, can I? Can I potentially, you know, sneaky preview next week? Live, live episode, all four of us in one room. Oh, yes, it's Thanksgiving week, Dude, baby. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Might awesome. just have to happen. Jesus. Hey, have a, have a great Thanksgiving, fellas. I'll yeah, you too, man. We'll be back, man. We'll be back. We'll, 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 yes, sir. I'll be seeing you for you. Oh, Wednesday night we're recording. Yeah. I'd like to go to the bars on Wednesday night, but yeah, Wednesday afternoon. Are you heading to Windsor with a big date? No, I don't need to go to Windsor anymore, bro. I got Whoa. that. Come on. Wow. My, my ID says I'm turning 24 in February. I believe it. I can pull it off. Keep hammering that jewel and your voice will be like you're 45. Ah, hey, it's better than Yeah, I was on a great Bears roll, dude.